Hello, everyone. Welcome to Battle City Broads. <laughs> I'm Ellie. And I'm Jenny, and this is episode two. Yeah. We're going right. to talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! in yep. our Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> podcast, where we watch all of season zero and eventually moving on to the um, Dual Monsters series. And uh, mm-hmm. we discussed the manga. So, um, okay. And we ha- clearly haven't worked out like a formula for, for our intro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's a work in progress. Jenny, here, listen, how about this? It's time to d- 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 discuss the episode. <laughs> Actually, yeah, we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I it's can do time it. time <laughs> to d- 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 discuss the episode. I like it. I like it. It's good. I need to add more D's, but I'll work on it. It's a, you Yeah, know. well, no one can be Dan Green. <laughs> True. <laughs> you just can't match that energy. But all right, so let's get into episode two. Yeah. Uh, we have, is titled, The Devil Gamer, The Trap of Hell. It aired on my mom's birthday <laughs> in 1998. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to my mom. mom. <laughs> which is what's the actual date (laughs) april 11th (laughs) it's based on chapter four of the manga um which is called jailbreak yes all right so before we get to our jailbreak um episode starts pretty calmly uh we've got grandpa he's happy that yugi solved the millennium puzzle um he was kind of like everybody everybody's been trying to solve it forever you know for eight years or however long since the uh, worst archaeological expedition of all time happened. Well, Yugi's been trying to solve it for eight years, but he said oh. in, he says in the first episode that um, it was dug up in the like the nineteen twenties. Interesting. So Yugi's been trying to solve it for eight years. People have been trying to solve it for a couple decades, and Yugi was the yeah, first one because he's a special boy. Um, so, you know, Yugi and Grandpa discussed the whole um, side draft, the side note that says um, the whole he's going to receive dark knowledge and power. And Yugi's like, yeah, I did receive dark knowledge and power. So I have some friends now. And Grandpa's <laughs> like, I don't think that's actually, uh, I don't think that's what it means. And Yugi's like, no, no, I'm pretty sure that that means that I get friends. And I have upgraded my friend count from one kind of friend to three pretty solid friends which is a pretty high success rate honestly uh so so yugi heads to school um and grandpa continues to say i think that there might be more going on he he's maybe not telling me or maybe he just doesn't even realize what's happened at some point later we should talk about this like when does grandpa figure out that what's going on with yami yugi because there is definitely a point later in the series where he 100% knows all of the details, but I don't really know. We're going to have to keep an eye like on this. I that happens like... kind of more towards dual monsters, but I'm not sure. Yeah, it feels like something that sort of happens in the background. Yeah, we got to keep an eye out for grandpa knowledge. Well, basically, like, how, how in the know is grandpa? So we then see a uh, jailbreak. Somebody attacks a guard. They're able to slip past the police um, while wearing one of their uniforms. So clearly a master of disguise. And he listens to the police report where it's stated that somebody known as Tetsu Tasaki or Tetsu the Hedgehog, which is not particularly the most intimidating criminal name, 
has escaped. No, it does make him sound like somebody's Sonic OC. Yes, (laughs) somebody's Sonic OC. Honestly, that would be more terrifying than most types of criminals. Like that's true. Imagine if they came on the radio and were like, "Somebody, some high schooler's OC has come to life and has escaped." That would genuinely would be more scared than most criminals. Uh, I think they would be able to wreak more havoc. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so somebody's Sonic OC has been unleashed on Domino City. But luckily, the city is full of super tall mutants, so I'm not super worried. So <laughs> yeah. let's see how let's see how it resolves. I'm developing so much lore. <laughs> <laughs> let's develop our Domino City lore. Also, really quickly, I'm always I, I I love to think about like Domino City is truly like it just has one of everything. Like it, I love how they like capture both sort of a small town feel in Domino City, but then it's also big enough to have like its own huge prison. Like this prison looks like it's on the side of a cliff. It looks like a maximum security prison. Like it's not like he escaped from like a crappy little prison or anything. Like it yeah, looks I like think, a full on I got the complex. feeling that Domino City was like is like pretty reasonably big. Fair enough. Kind of like but a medium still. to large size city. I mean, I don't know if it's I don't is it is Domino City supposed to be like Tokyo with the serial numbers filed off or is it just supposed to be generic town I'll be honest I don't think Yu-Gi-Oh has done enough lore build like uh like lore and setting building to give us a sense of that to be frank like I I think he's not very interested maybe at some point we'll like see a map on a wall or something (laughs) like how (laughs) keep an eye out for domino city geography from like how um there's an episode of uh this is a bit of a tangent but there's an episode of young justice the dc show where Mm -hmm. there's a there's a map on screen for like three seconds and you can use this map to figure out that apparently gotham city is in connecticut That explains so... Wow, can you imagine a shithole like Gotham City being in Connecticut? That is hilarious. That is really funny. (laughs) Every time it's like dark, ominous place, it's just like next to Hartford. Like, that's so funny. Okay. Anyway, so Tetsu the Hedgehog escaped from prison. Um, So we go back to the school. Uh, Joey's like, hey, Yugi, where do you want to go after school? And Yugi's like, I have heard of this great place called Burger World. Honda appears and says, oh, sorry, I'm the local narc and you can't stop anywhere after school, which seems like the stupidest rule of all time, but whatever. Well, I think he's just like stopping unnecessarily or like stopping in unknown places, but still. Honda, why are you like this? I think, I mean, I think it's like supposed to be a comical, like nobody expects that. Like I've seen enough anime to know nobody expects that. <laughs> also yeah. like, what are you, what are you thinking? Um, but Miho, his crush, comes over and says, oh, hey, I'm interested in Burger World. I would like to eat some burgers from Burger World. And, of course, as soon as Miho speaks, he goes full simp mode and is like, never mind, let's go to Burger World. Then uh, Anzu seems kind of uh, freaked out by this discussion. Um, she's saying, oh, no, I heard that right after it opened, a bunch of people got sick. We can't go there. She's like, Burger World is trash. Yeah. They put cockroaches in the loaf. <laughs> she doesn't actually say that. That's just an urban legend about McDonald's that someone told me as a kid. <laughs> yeah, they poison people. Um, also, she pulls the classic, like, there's an escaped prisoner on the loose. Which, which is, is true. Which is technically true, but I feel like that's a very similar vibe to... I was recently watching this show called Dairy Girls, where uh, mm. they... 
these parents cancel their daughters going to a concert because a local polar bear escaped from the zoo. And that kind of like <laughs> reminded me of that just because, I mean, I'm not saying like, I'm not saying you shouldn't be careful, but I feel like one prisoner escaping isn't like, lock down your homes. <laughs> oh, I just got the best vision of like a Yu-Gi-Oh! Season Zero fan fiction episode where they go to the zoo and an animal escapes and like <laughs> someone has to chase down a t- and like Yugi gets chased by a tiger or some shit. Like, tell me that wouldn't be amazing. Well, okay, wait, how does this resolve? Would he have to shadow game the tiger? Or what's the... I don't know. I don't... I didn't think it through that far. Or maybe this was caused by an evil zookeeper. <laughs> yeah, there's an evil zookeeper, and then they play a game that ends with him getting thrown into a crocodile pit. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, Miho says... Miho is like, oh, no. Um, oh, oh, yeah, the prisoner. I heard he has a gun. That's so unsafe. And, like, that's how you can tell this isn't set in America. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a real serious. Until you've seen somebody open guns. carry at a Burger King, you you haven't ex- have the American. Yeah, nobody's theory. got their guns in Burger World, <laughs> <laughs> except for this prisoner, maybe. Zoo, so she's clearly successfully dissuaded them. She sort of slips away. She's visibly re- relieved. Uh, Joey and Yugi seem to be the only ones that are sort of noticing. Like, hey, Anzu seems to be acting kind of weird. Um, she hasn't been walking home with us. It seems like. Um, especially Anzu, Joey, and Yugi probably live in the same area, so they usually walk together. Joey then makes the suggestion that she is possibly engaging in something that, uh, so my shitty translator showed it as Enjo Kasai, which is the... Yeah, the subs I watched translated it as compensated dating, and the manga, the, the Viz manga, translated it as escort service. Yeah, and like I think that kind of shows the the varying levels, kind of like a sugar daddy relationship thing, where it's yeah, like uh-huh. it could just be like a young girl goes like out in public on a date with like a guy who happens to pay her, could be full on escorting, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, but um, so they think Kanzu has a sugar daddy, basically. basically. Yeah, of what level? So Miho is of course worried because she's like, what level of sugar daddy? Also, you're a teenager. Why do you have a sugar daddy? So she's like, okay, I'm gonna follow Kanzu <laughs> in her alternative route home. And we're going to figure something out. All right. So then we see somebody, Tetsu. He busts into a safe in like a very fancy looking building. And he finds that it is empty. So he sort of uh, slinks out in failure. He's um, at a random diner. And he hears a report that a bunch of banks have been robbed. And have made off with a ton of money. I think it's like a couple hundred million yen or something crazy. And the dental work has indicated that it is tetsu my subs say the metal working <laughs> okay my okay i was literally about to say my sub said dental work and i was like why the fuck do they have his dental work <laughs> from a bank robbery <laughs> okay that's very relieving because i was literally like was he biting the safes open yeah you know he just goes in and he bites the safe open that, that's what you do Metal work is is also okay. Well, that makes that will make further uh, revelations make even more sense then, and it'll also make. I mean, I'm very impressed by whatever metal work they could use to identify a subject. I'm guessing they mean like it's a consistent way of opening up safe. Yeah, I guess or they just mean like how he opened the safe. Yes, because like it wasn't even him. So exactly. So <laughs> now we're we're sort of introduced to a problem. Um, we're seeing this man, uh, Tetsu, identified, and somebody else is out running around. Um, calling yeah. himself Tetsu, stealing things. Yeah, it's next day. 
school. Joey and Yugi are discussing games, some nerd shit. Um, it's another end of the school day. Um, and Anzu gets up to leave again, but Miho also joins her this time. And they're kind of being a little vague, not really being super honest um, about where yeah, they're they go going. Away. It's pretty cute. I really like some of the animation in this episode is really cute. The mm-hmm. way that they show them like walking away in the same pose, like dee, 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 dee. so Anzu walks, and then you see, and then you see Miho basically doing the same thing with her. Like dee, 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 dee. It's, it's a lot of um repeated shots of like people walking away and um <laughs> looking around a corner behind a pole in this episode. That are yeah, really lots of very fun. cute like anime detective shenanigans, which are always yeah. classic. Um, so this time Joey's like, oh, may- maybe Miho has also got a sugar daddy. And at this co- uh, this point, of course, Hanzo yeah, comes because in. Because apparently she bought some fancy bento box. Yeah, exactly. Literally. Like- yeah, like, so Hanzo's like, no way. No way that she's doing that. She would never do that in a million years. And Joey's like, you are... Joey literally is like, Yugi and uh, Honda, you are being naive. Uh, Taya got... Or Taya slash Anzu. I slipped into the you English version. You can say Taya. It's fine. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, she bought a fancy lunch. Good show. So she be, must be making money, and thus you need a sugar daddy to have this lunch. <laughs> yeah, literally, this lunch the leaps in logic, amazing. I want to see the lunchbox that you need sugar. Daddy it must have been buy. very nice. Had some squid or something. So Honda is, of course, like, oh my god. Honda is, is convinced by this logic. Noticeably, Yugi's kind of like, mm, I, I'm not sure I buy it. Honda, however, is a hundred percent like. They have been tricked into prostitution, and he, he, <laughs> I need to rescue them. <laughs> uh, classic white knight, and joins, and he does that cute little follow animation. He's trying to find <laughs> me. So, all right, so we get another shot of Tetsu. He is stealing a necklace that he believes was once worn by Marie Antoinette, but it wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, and also it turns out that the one that he he's driving away, like. Um, celebrating success, and he hears on the radio that it was an, it, it was a fake, and the real one, which was somewhere else, had a bunch of jewels missing, or perhaps there were separate jewels missing. And the suspect yet again is Tetsu. So even more. He's like they keep blaming all these crimes on me that I didn't even do, but I'm trying to do them, but I didn't even actually do them. <laughs> yeah. Also, very quick, just because I I've done a lot of research on French Revolution, and I just think a little fun thing about this episode is that uh, one of the main causes of the French Re- one of the main like triggers for the French Revolution that happened was actually a controversy over a stolen diamond yeah, there necklace was some kind of scandal worn by about... Marie Antoinette yeah the right, diamond right, affair which yeah, I did, so um... I don't know like I just thought that was a very fun reference I don't know why he's like hey some French revolution like uh <laughs> um... yeah I'm reading um the manga um Rose of Versailles which is about Marie Antoinette yeah. and they make a whole thing about the about her um having a fancy necklace and um it maybe that's what that made me think of yeah, so, absolutely. Like, I guess that must be based on, like, the real history. I have no idea how um, historically accurate Rose of Versailles is. <laughs> I mean, I know a little bit about pre-revolutionary France, but not that much. I I mean, I don't know. Uh, I've never seen it. But, I mean, Versailles was, like, pretty bonkers. So, it's like, there might be some stuff where you're like, there's no way that's true. And it, it's very possible it actually is. Like, mm-hmm. well, well, I'm pretty sure there wasn't like a hot butch lesbian cross dresser in Marie Antoinette's personal guard, which is the main story of Rose of Versailles. But I don't know about the rest of it. I mean, I wish that was true, but I mean, she probably would have been I gotten know. murdered. But still. Oscar Desjardins, are you real? Please uh, <laughs> let her know that I love her. Anyways, you should read Rose of Versailles, guys. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Very different than Yu Gi Oh, but. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, they have nothing in common. All right, so it's another new school day. Uh, Joey's like, hey, let's, hey, Honda, let's play some basketball. Because uh, that's apparently the main sport here. Um, but Honda's like, no, I've also got to leave for vague reasons. And he and Miho and Anzu do their cute little walking away animation as Yugi and Joey watch in surprise. And Yugi is like, okay. So. Joey then co- wait, no, Joey then comes with the, well, Yugi's like, okay, don't say it, Joey. Don't say it, Joey. And then Joey's like, I'm going to say it. Honda is now got a sugar also, mama. Also escorting, yeah. <laughs> Yugi's like, please tell me you don't think he's also doing escort service. And Joey's like, absolutely. Joey's like, no, I am full in on this theory. He must have found a sugar mama. So it's finally time for them to take their turn to follow them. So they follow along, do their cute little following animation, and they follow the trail, and what do you know? They go to Burger World. Burger World, they're all working at Burger World, and they're all like, hello, welcome to Burger World. Yeah, there's like this thing where, jo- where uh, Joey and Yugi like enter the building, which a uh, very nice fast food place that has like several employees greet you with a cute little pose as you enter your store, but maybe that's just how Japan uh, customer service works. <laughs> Yeah, maybe um, maybe it's like a slow hour. Yeah, <laughs> so we can have three people at the host stand. Uh, Burger World uniforms are bright green, uh, with a little cow hat. Very cute. Pretty cute, yeah. Joey then immediately revels in this, um, because he loves seeing his friends humiliated. <laughs> yeah, we should mention that um, you're not allowed to have an. A- the reason that they're keeping it secret is that you're not allowed to have an after-school job. Which, yeah. um, which I've, that has come up a couple times in like different anime, especially yeah, shoujo. Yeah, I think it's a common like J- Japanese thing is that you're not allowed to have an after school job. Based on how often I've seen it in different TV, in different anime and manga, I assume it's like not an uncommon thing in Japan. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Which I remember reading this as a kid and being like, what the hell? Like, that's super weird. Why wouldn't you be allowed to have a job after school? Because that's such a incredibly typical like teenager thing in america but i guess the standards are different in japan Mm -hmm. well the two things that have always made me question that are like one people like local people never seem to care like i it's like the burger world people like just didn't care if they were potentially high school students and also the high schools seem to not really care i feel like it's more of like a very strong suggestion because like every series where that's at least in the manga she specifically says like you're not allowed to tell anybody because I'm not, it's not allowed. And I, I mean, I'm blanking right now, but I know for a fact that I've read other manga where it was a plot point that you are not allowed to have a job after school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I don't, I mean, I'm not sure. In Fruits Basket, um, they have jobs. But in, in Fruits Basket, they also mention that, like, they're not supposed to, but, like, they mm-hmm. all keep working. A lot of them keep working. So I, I think it's just, yeah, just like real schools, I'm sure it sort of depends on, like, the enforcement. Well, anyways, for whatever reason, <laughs> they have a job they're not supposed to, and they're freaking out, which also, it's a little artificial that, like, Honda is also at the job, because they have to come up with a reason for him to also be working there, even though he's the rule follower. <laughs> okay, well, no, Honda says that he needs a job, but you know he's really just keeping an eye on Miho. Like, he just wants yeah. to hang out with Miho more. I feel like that's actually a pretty good excuse. I think Miho gives the excuse if she wants more money to buy more things. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Joey and Yugi get seated. Uh, very cute dynamic there where Yugi's like, I feel so bad. We've embarrassed them. I feel like so guilty. And Joey's like, this, everything that's about to happen is their own fault because they kept this a secret. So that's not on us. <laughs> <laughs> truly an angel devil dynamic love that for them so then we also see sort of a man approach the restaurants as oh, well we do. As there a is a little moment here where um uh yugi is like anzu looked really cute in that burger world uniform which i think is the first moment in the in, in um in the anime at least mm-hmm. there was a moment in the manga uh, version of the previous episode where we get an indication that yugi has a crush on anzu true yeah, mm-hmm. so that's a, and that is an important, you know, well, I guess it's not super important, but it's an ongoing character note. That, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it, it does drive some of the stuff that's going on, though I, I think the plot, uh, most of the plot wouldn't be that different if they were just close friends, but it's definitely yeah. real. Spoilers, nobody ever actually gets together with anybody in this series. The romance levels in Yu-Gi-Oh! are pretty low and, like, definitely so. They're almost all, like, one, one-sided one crushes. Yeah, um, everything don't, like, is, it is friendship 100%. Romance is all just uh, one-sided pining or homoerotic yearning. Somebody's dead wife. From- <laughs> yeah, somebody's dead wife. Anzu proceeds to serve them their burgers. We don't see them order, so I'm guessing just everybody gets the same burger at Burger World, which love that for them. Yeah, they get a Big Mac. Uh, here's the le- here's a very good uh, a big a big burg. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What is it called at um, Burger King? <laughs> Do they have like uh, a name? A Whopper. Yeah, a whopper. They get a they get a they get a bopper. <laughs> For I actually really like that. That's my my best attempt at a an off brand. So they're eat, they're eating their boppers. Oh no, the best thing is that a legendary Anzu moment is she she slams down the burger tray and then proceeds to squirt ketchup all over the burger, saying, "I won't forget." At least my translation, "I won't forgive you if you blab." <laughs> yeah, she she writes in the in the manga translation, it's "Tell and you die." <laughs> Just a great Anzu moment. <laughs> um, but I then love. we get a softer we then we get a softer sort of um background for her. Oh, and then Yuki and then and... um Genochi's like, there's too much ketchup on this <laughs> Joey's like not even phased. He's like, well, I'm not into it now. I'm just ketchup. Gross. Yeah, but but then we get a softer moment for Anzu when she's like, Hey, I'm not just working this job like for in order to simp like Honda or to get more stuff like Miho. <laughs> I am saving up money I because dream. I want to study dance in New York after yeah, I graduate this is... school. Anzu's ambition is she wants to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. So she wants to go to New York and study dance there. Um, so we got a sincere moment from Joey um, and, of course, Yuki. And they're like, of course, like, we won't tell anybody. And we don't think that's anything to laugh at. Like, we're kind of proud of you. But then that's when Joey pulls the whole, like, oh, yeah. um, Joey's like, why the fuck did you drown our burgers and ketchup? And Anzu's like, whatever, I'll pay for them. Just don't make any more trouble. But then the plot arrives. Uh, so we get a detective. He's very, um, you know, he's like a very detective looking guy. I don't know how to describe it. He's got like the trench coat and like a pen behind his ear. Yeah. He's I feel like, like this guy's detective practices are terrible. He sucks he as a detective. Walks, we'll go into that. Su- this guy sucks. He literally <laughs> walks into the restaurant and talk to the manager um, who is currently like the managers in front of him, and then so are three teenage employees and two teenage customers. He's like, we think the escaped murderer might be here. <laughs> like, don't do yes. that. He, that is, oh, he, he like- says 
Oh, he says, like, we think there's a murderer, and Yuki and Joey aren't even nearby. They just, like, head over, and the detective isn't deterred by this. He's like, oh, here's a picture of the guy we're looking for. So it's a picture of Tetsu, which looks kind of different than what we've seen so far, but it's like, oh, okay, the convict, this guy is, like, a disguise master, which we saw at the beginning Mm -hmm. when he was, like, disguised as a police officer. Um, So he's probably in disguise, so it could be anybody. After the thief stole the jewels, he got into a fight with a guard, so he might have a mark on one of his legs, like his lower leg. Yeah, because he, like a bruise on his leg, because he was hit. Okay, so this is, this is a hilarious scene where Anzu's like, oh, we've got this basket of, like, basically, like, Happy Meal, Burger World Happy like, Meals. Yeah, like, little cars. cars. Um, so... What, how about we pretend to drop the cars and we the cars all the cars out on the floor this makes no sense i love how, how the, this makes no sense at all okay, which let's, i love let's tip the basket of cars over hope that all the cars equally go under each table and then we're all going to crawl around on the ground and as we're picking up car- cars we're going to literally lift people's pants yeah legs they're like we're gonna check. get a look at people's legs yeah which which would be it would be kind of smart if it was like i guess summer and people didn't have like pants on but at that point you wouldn't even need to do all this so literally you don't see anybody's reaction to them crawling around on the ground crawling under tables and then literally lifting up a bunch of people's pant legs and nobody's yelling or- there's a guy who has his legs on the table and she's like you're not allowed to put your feet on the table at the restaurant like shoving his leg off the table like mm-hmm. trying to covertly look at his 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 leg which also um this is just giving me um flashbacks to like um a series of unfortunate events <laughs> <laughs> we gotta find out which one of these men is count olaf in disguise <laughs> we gotta look for a signature scar in this case a bruise on their leg so understandably this isn't really working so the detective's like uh we also know that the criminal he has like he's deathly allergic to eggs like he'll die if he eats eggs and Anzu's like oh that's not an issue because the hamburger buns have eggs in them so we see one of the customers there he's got the guy with the hat on yeah the guy with the hat and the glasses who looks like he's clearly wearing a disguise (laughs) Disguise. (laughs) unlike everyone else everyone else looks totally normal and he just looks like a fake uh so he becomes like visibly kind of distressed the detective grabs him, and we see sort of the guy that we were looking at before. Um, Anzu then says, well, well, she says, oh, I was lying, but, you know, she's mostly like, idiot, buns don't have eggs in them, you dum-dum. Um, but that was actually, so Anzu makes up for her bizarre suggestion of the car, uh, the, like, the car cars thing. everywhere by actually lying and tricking this guy. Um, mm-hmm. Why a 15 to 16-year-old girl needs to do all of the heavy lifting instead of this actual detective, unknown, but, uh, you know. Yeah, this guy sucks. <laughs> this detective is bad. <laughs> well, I mean, considering some of the other shit that ends up happening in Domino City that like goes under the radar, I feel like the the, the Domino City um like police force is not exactly g- very good at like keeping order. <laughs> the crime rate is high. He's tackled T- Tetsu, who's the guy that we've been following for most of this episode. Um, Tetsu and the detective get into a scuffle. Um, and they knock over, like, just a random staff member that was nearby. The staff member had one of the people that the direct, that the detective alerted. However, Tetsu, as he's wrestling on the ground, he notices that the staff member that he just knocked over has a bruise on his calf, just like um, the man who everybody thought was Tetsu um, should have. So he then proceeds to tear off the back of the guy's uniform on accident. Well, sort of on accident. And it's revealed that he has a large spider tattoo, revealing himself as Jiro the spider, um, which the my friends kind of struggled with. And 
occasionally called him Jiro the Jorogumo, which I don't know if that's a type of spider or if that's the Japanese word. I think I think Jorogumo is um like a spider demon. I've seen okay. that name in um I think it isn't one of the demon girls in Holic called the Jorogumo. Very possible. Well, now I'm going to really quickly okay, look that I'm up. Okay, I'm googling this. Oh, okay. Okay, so Jorogumo is yep, it's a spider. Demon. A yokai with the form of a spider that can transform into a seductive woman. Hell yeah! Um, Wife material is what you're saying. Yeah, it's a pretty commonly like a boss monster, or like it's like an urban legend, or like a boss mm-hmm. monster in video games and stuff like that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it's based on um. Yeah, the Joro spider, a real spider that apparently can be found in Japan, Korea, Taiwan, China, and was recently uh, spotted in, in 2015, was spotted in Georgia in the US. <laughs> so they've made it over here. They're coming for you. <laughs> Jiro recovers pretty quickly. Um, he's able to take Tetsu's gun. Tetsu's kind of a non-entity for the rest of this episode. He kind of gets like, I guess, knocked out. Unclear what he's up to. He just like, they kind of forget about him, honestly. So Jiro has taken his place as the main bad guy. And he's like, I am a more effective bad guy. Not only have I been stealing, been doing all of the actual stealing, but I'm going to take a hostage. So he takes Anzu hostage. He has his, he has a gun, um, which, you know, he's got a gun, people guys. have not seen before because they don't live in Indiana. Um <laughs> Good for them, I guess. Uh, um, I mean, okay, that's unfair. If anybody held a gun to my head, I would still be freaked out, obviously, even though I've seen guns before. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. It's pretty scary. Yeah, no, I, it's not... Um, yeah, to our to any inner potential international listeners. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're not that jaded over here. <laughs> Although, sometimes you think um, that, like... I have heard that apparently, like... Um, that's a common, um, like, misconception that, like, uh, people have about Americans. They're like, oh, yeah, they think, like, everybody carries a gun. For- <laughs> it's very, it depends on the culture, because it's, like, in certain areas, I would say no. But, like, like where I'm from, I, I don't think everybody owns a gun, but it's just, like, it's not uncommon to see people, like, with guns on them. Like, yeah, definitely. Just casually. Again, open carrying at your local Burger World. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So anyway, Jiro has taken over. He is now the main bad guy, and he decides to, you know, just have a fun time. So he blindfolds Anzu um, so that she won't cause any trouble. He says that when people are blindfolded, they become so afraid that they don't speak, which I'm pretty sure is not a <laughs> Which thing. is literally immediately proven untrue as well. Yeah, because she then immediately talks. So, yeah. okay. Oh, he also asks everybody to get down on the ground. Um, this is important because for most of the episode, most of the other characters cannot see what is happening like joey and Mm -hmm. honda and miho all explicitly say that they can't see um anzu's table they can only hear what's happening Mm -hmm. so he immediately recognizes yugi as the the local beta (laughs) (laughs) he's literally like oh this boy is only five feet compared to my seven foot majesty and like clearly has the um, mental... He says, "Get that wimp boy over yeah, here." Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, that look at little, look at that little pussy boy. Um, get me a drink of alcohol and a cigarette. Um, Anzu goes like, "Oh, he just called somebody a wimp. It must be Yugi." <laughs> Which, like, respect. Aww. She is right, but also respect that. 
So she's like, wait, stay back. You, you don't come close. Um, and she gets slapped. Jiro slaps her, uh, which Yami uh, or Yugi is not okay with that. And Yami is also not okay with that. So we get our boy. Puzzle Boy emerges from his little dark hiding place and decides that the game is on. So noticeably, nobody saw the transformation. Uh, it wasn't quite as actually dramatic as the last one was. It was pretty straightforward. We just see the eye of Horus and then sort of like a flash of light. And um, he... Uh, gets him a drink of alcohol and some cigarettes but you know he's obviously his demeanor has changed and this is something that comes up a lot uh, where uh, Jiro obviously he didn't see the transformation necessarily but he definitely notices that there's something different about him like he's like hey his whole demeanor has changed like he recognizes him as the same guy physically but he's like, whoa, your whole demeanor's changed. Yami, like, sort of mm-hmm. plops into a seat across from him. He's yeah, should we like, talk a little bit about, like, the differences between Yami and the regular Yugi? Yeah. Which is, like, um, I'm not really sure. He's just drawn. He's drawn differently. I do think that the idea is supposed to be that, like, he um, doesn't actually look physically different in universe. It's just mm-hmm. kind of his energy at his least energy in, his voice at least at this point the only difference the difference in how he's drawn besides like his attitude is that um his hair like the sort of the yellow fringe parts of his hair go up and so he acquires kind of like yellow streaks in his hairstyle which yeah i mean it is impossible to verbally describe yugi's hair so it's a good thing that this that Yu-Gi-Oh is extremely iconic and everybody knows what he looks like because mm-hmm. i can't imagine trying to like imagine trying to describe Yugi's hair to like somebody who had never seen a, a picture of him and trying to like <laughs> multicolored starfish yeah uh-huh well apparently the reason it has five points is that it's supposed to look like a hand interesting <laughs> yeah Not sure. some... why did he choose that though <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I don't know. Um, there's just some interesting notes about Yugi's design in the um, Yu-Gi-Oh art book, <laughs> which um, Yami's outfit um, is based on Edward Scissorhands. Did you know that? Huh. Uh, no, I did not. But that makes sense. That, like I can. Look yeah, at- the kind of the strappy outfit that like goes over his chest under the school uniform that looks sort of like bondage gear e, which, yeah. That's uh, Edward Scissorhands <laughs> inspired it, which is so funny to me. Very much checks out, yeah. So I think it's it's interesting because like the way he's drawn, like he loses, he looks like the same guy, but like kind of like uh, like I can almost imagine Yugi looking like that when he's a year or two older because like mm-hmm. it's like he's lost his baby fat. Um, yeah, definitely. And in, in Duel Monsters, they draw him as actually taller. A lot more of the plot makes sense if it's just like most people. He looks either yeah. so indistinguishable, like, uh, and also the hair is actually, honestly, yeah, like I think you just have really to go with it. Like, I mean, okay. Yeah. It's magic. So either he looks the same, or we're just supposed to, or it's like a reverse version of like the reason that nobody notices that Usagi and Tsukino looks exactly like Sailor Moon in Sailor Moon, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that, but the opposite, where they you're just supposed to accept that nobody notices a difference, even though they're drawn exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I think that I think that works, and it's like it's also this thing where it's like it's magic. But like the two important things are people didn't nobody could see the transformation, and his voice is so different that Anzu assumes that this is a different person. She assumes that somebody yeah. took over for Yugi. 
Um, Hans is like, who is this person? Yeah, because Jiro's, possibly Jiro's be noticing that he looks different. It's all internal. Like, he's just like, oh, this guy looks different. Um, so Yummy plops down. He's He's got a new confident attitude. And he's like, oh, hey, Jiro, do you want to play? Do you want to play a little game? Uh, going full jigsaw. Uh, so then we enter one of my favorite punishment games, which is let's play a finger game. Shadow game, shadow game. We have to be precise about terminology. <laughs> Although I already said the sh- I already said shadow game, so now I'm saying let's play a game. And this particular game, yeah, you said punishment game. game. Oh, sorry. Which yeah. would be like what happens to him after he loses. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. So I feel like <laughs> such so obnoxious for pointing that out, but I feel like we should keep the distinction because they are distinct. All right. So we're playing a shadow game. I mean, this is one of the shadow games, which I think shows, um, this is one of the shadow games where it's pretty explicitly they're going to kill. So it's like, we have, one of us has to sort of incapacitate the other, but you can only use one finger. Um, He doesn't really set out win conditions. He's just like, the game is that we have to decide, we, you get to pick one finger from your, all your 10 fingers. And that's the only finger you can move. And you can use that finger for anything. Yami even explicitly says you can pull the trigger. You can do whatever you want, but you can only use one finger. So Jiro's like, what are you an idiot? I've got a gun. I'm obviously going to choose my trigger finger. And Yami for reasons that are yet unknown decides to pick his right thumb. Um, So Jiro is celebrating his imminent victory and starts pouring out some alcohol. And is kind of taunting him. He's saying, like, you're such an idiot. Like, I have a gun. Of course, I was going to pick my trigger finger. But then Yami whips out his immediate trump card, which is he takes the lighter for one of the cigarettes. Um, he lights the cigarette uh, for yeah, he uses Jiro. his thumb to flick the lighter on. Which, uh, he one of my favorite things is that Jiro doesn't immediately realize what he's about to do. So Yami, like... Um, uses it to flick the lighter open lights Jiro's cigarette Jiro's like thank you for lighting my cigarette before I kill you (laughs) not realizing the thing and Yami's like "Uh, sure thing man and then immediately places the lighter onto Jiro's hand which is pouring the alcohol yeah so now he's like he can't move his hand Mm -hmm. because he can't move his hand to put um, the out like to put the booze down because um, it's gonna be set on fire basically. he set on fire he, and it's alcohol and he, he says it's 90 percent. it's russian vodka that's 90 percent alcohol <laughs> which like not sure why burger world has that in stock yeah. <laughs> but you know i don't know the choice of this chain honestly burger I mean, world does sound pretty like, wild maybe there's like a bar and it's you know mate- it's like material for cocktails even ninety percent vodka, though, that's like that's like more potent than most cleaning materials. Like that's I pretty know, insane. That's, that part is insane, <laughs> but like the point is, he can't move his he can't move his hand, and if he shoots, the recoil is also going to make the lighter fall. So even if he does just shoot the trigger, he is going to land on fire. So Yami's like, "All right, I've pretty much won." So he gets up and takes Anzu, who is still blindfolded, with him. Um, and this is when Jiro decides to break the game. He like. Uh, takes the lighter off his hand, goes to shoot. But at this point, Yami is like, broke the rules. So it's punishment ga- game time. Punishment game. Sometimes it's called penalty game. Yeah, penalty game. I think those are just alternate translations. Yeah. Um, I usually say penalty game again. I'm pretty used to the... Um, uh, yeah, it's penalty game in the subtitles I was watching and penalty game in the manga. Gotcha. So. so penalty game. This penalty game is pretty on theme, pretty simple. He uh, makes it so that Jiro thinks he is on fire. Yet again, he is not actually on fire in this in this uh, episode. 
but you see him like co- like um rolling around going like I'm burning all this kind of stuff yeah and presumably all of that stuff with Tetsu and the detective like, purple and green fire in his mind yeah yeah um, I love the colors in this mo- in this anime we should mention oh yeah there's lots of like it's very not afraid to be very pastel and have bright colors which is really yeah, nice there's a lot of neon it's a really fun really mm-hmm. 90s like really cute yeah. it's such a shame that this series was never came out on DVD because like the art is really cute and I wish that we had like an HD you know version of it available mm-hmm. yeah because it's it was some really fun animation there's definitely some episodes of this where it's like Mm, you didn't use the budget on this one, did you? <laughs> That's true of any anime, but, though. So, but you know, when it yeah, works, it works. Uh-huh. But for the most part, the animation is pretty, pretty cute and fun. Um, and yeah, well, you know, oh yeah. I mean, if we're talking about um wildly varying animation quality between episodes, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> Duel Monsters has that in spades. <laughs> so we're gonna have some of that to talk about for sure. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the episode ends pretty simply. Uh, we find out Anzu ended up quitting from Burger World. Um, I presume due to the trauma of, you know, being taken hostage. Um, but she yeah, tells probably. Yugi in a very cute scene, she's like, oh, Yugi, I didn't want to work there anymore because I didn't have any time to hang out with you and, like, spend time with you after school. So a very mm-hmm. cute scene there. Um, but we also see her sort of thinking in her head, and she's like, I wonder who the man who saved me was. Like, who was that mysterious stranger that saved me? Yeah, um, setting up the classic mm-hmm. Superman kind of pseudo-love You're triangle. You're right, it is a little bit like Superman. Yeah, it's very much like this, like, crushed. Thing, right? it's, it's literally this, it's very similar in that it's, like, even both of them look really similar, and, like, but, it like, it's yeah, kind uh-huh. of like well, a... I mean, it's the other version of him. It's, yeah. it's like, so, yeah, so she has a crush on... Yami Yugi and regular Yugi has a crush on her. Yes. <laughs> so it's pretty classic love triangle setup. And we get one last comedy thing where Joey's like, hey, there's a new beef bowl restaurant. Let's go. Um, they go, and it turns out Honda and Miho, who are wearing obnoxious cow outfits, hilarious cow outfits, are working are there. Working. Yeah, they're working uh, Miho place. is still doing that grind because she wants some no- new clothes, and Honda just wants to be with Miho. <laughs> Honda's like, I'll fall as far as possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> take, a, take a lesson, young men. Don't do this now. <laughs> Um, yeah, so very good episode. Let's talk about the differences from the manga. I think that there are a couple. This episode, they definitely had to add yeah. some stuff, actually. Yeah, uh huh. I think this is the first one of the first ones. So um, the first episode was based on the first chapter of the manga. And the first chapter of the manga was like a double length chapter. It's um, about, uh, it's about 50 two pages long yeah it's about 50 pages long um whereas the rest of these are your standard like 22 23 manga chapters in general so um until we get to the like multi episode and like multi chapter story arcs for each of these episodes that are based on one manga chapter they've had to add stuff to expand it and sometimes that stuff is like character stuff but Mm. in this episode um the main stuff that they've added is well the entire thing where it's like uh well first of all um honda like honda exists in the manga at this point we've seen him in other stuff but he doesn't appear in this um Mm -hmm. it just seems like he's like not hanging out with them that day when all this goes down um so it's just yugi and jinochi following anzu and they just there's no you know repeated like going back and forth thing they just follow her the one time to burger world and then she like 
is a really, it's really, really funny uh, panel. I might have to, I don't know, post it in like the episode notes or whatever, where she's like slowly sliding out of the frame <laughs> when she realizes that who she's supposed, to, who she's supposed to be greeting happily. Mm-hmm. Oh, love that. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. This is what I was talking about when I was saying that they're not allowed in the manga. She's like, after school jobs are against school rules. I'll be expelled if anyone finds out. Damn. So yeah. It okay. That's like pretty it's, clear. It's then it's like a hard rule. Yeah. Uh huh. So, anyways, um, she and then the entire thing with the two prisoners just isn't present at all. The whole thing with Tetsu, the break in, all of that, none of that is present at all. It's just um a very quick like. We heard there was an escape. There was an escaped prisoner, and it's just Jiro. He's there. I mean, actually, I don't think they even name him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he doesn't. I don't think he even gets a name. He just shows, but it's the same guy. Um, he just shows up. Oh, uh, he has um seven 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 tattooed on his forehead, and um, he talks about how lucky he is. Ah, so a different kind which of vibe. I literally, this must be. You know, I must have read this chapter like. like over I mean 30 times in my entire life probably and I've only literally just realized looking at it right now that 77 he has 777 on his head because his deal is that he's so lucky because then when he's asking for um alcohol he's like oh yeah and and it's like uh you know a slot machine I've literally just put that together because I'm an idiot But, um, yeah, and he says, um, give me a Lucky Strikes uh, cigarettes, because that's the perfect brand for me, because I'm so lucky. <laughs> when he he asks for cigarettes. Yeah. Um, so then otherwise it's the same, except for <laughs> that we have so, a little bit of censorship on the penalty game, which is that in the manga, um, it's not a hallucination. The guy <laughs> does just get set on fire. <laughs> Love that. Yeah, he's literally just like, no, you de- you deserve to burn. Which, yet again, I feel like really matches the whole, like, I mean, you come in here waving a gun, like, actually physically attacking people, you're going to get burnt a lot. You get what you deserve, yeah. Although I feel like there's a debate to be had about, like, how proportional every um, karmic penalty game punishment that Yami Yugi dishes out over the course of the early manga actually is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there are some later ones where this I'm one's like, not too bad. This one's there like, are a couple like, of like it's valid. Like I there I'm are a couple like of a later criminal. ones where I'm like, you could have fucked that guy up a lot more. And there are a couple of later ones where I'm like, that was a little unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it's like that was a little harsh. Yeah. Uh, so far, I mean, the first one was very good, partially because it was just an illusion. This one's a, a little harsh. I mean, like, burning alive is a bad way to go. But, I mean, he was, like, he was, like, more or less threatening to kill people and, like, had a gun. So, I, I mean, I say he was a murderer, so. I believe it. He had the vibes of a murderer. So, you know what? That's, you know, fair enough. There's at least enough evidence on our side that we can be like, okay, that was probably an okay kill. But, um, yeah, I really like this punishment game. It's it's really simple, but it's just one of my favorites. Like, it's it's one of the ones that really I remembered really well, like, when I first read it. I just liked... I love stuff like that that's just so simple, but, like, create, but very, like, intelligent. And, like, yet again, I think it shows that... Uh, I think it shows... Because, I mean, the first punishment game we saw, it was more of, like, turning uh the opponent's like vice against them whereas this one was legitimately kind of just like outmaneuvering them which i also think is really fun yeah i like that part um 
Oh, I feel like I had something else I wanted to say. I like the whole thing with Burger World. I like that we find out about Anzu's dream. I love that I love that Anzu wants to be a dancer. I think it's cute. Mm-hmm. It's not something that has gone into a lot in the show, but it, it does come up again in a couple of other points that a couple of other specific points and whenever it comes up, I th- I think it's nice. It's a, like a nice piece of characterization, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, another pretty good episode. I think some of the fluff that they added that like the whole like, oh, there's multiple versions of the criminal. Eh. But it, it came with some like we got the very yeah, sp- the, the Hot Wheels thing. Like it the Hot Wheels thing sense. is funny, though. So I'll I'll actually it's I was going to say funny. that that forgives the, the stupidity uh, from the earlier in the episode. But so I'd say a pretty solid episode. Uh, yet again, one of my probably like top five like penalty games. Like I just very simple, but just like super fun and like good concept um yeah. but yeah so it's a very cool. solid episode i really i really enjoy it yeah. um do you want to talk a little bit about because we didn't do this in the first episode because we were talking about like our history and stuff but do you want to talk a little bit about the opening and ending themes um sure like yeah you know it's a it's an important part of the episodes and yeah i honestly uh i've never watched the ending theme i'm i'm horrible about <laughs> with anime i just don't watch ending. ending themes i never watch ending themes the the beginning is very cute i can like some shows have it. really good endings do, though do, do, but do, usually the do, openings do, are better do, do, do. Do, 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 do. I always watch the ending do, 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 of JoJo. Even JoJo, even if it's a good JoJo's ending, the king of endings. The problem with that is that even with like good, objectively good endings, I'm like, I just want to watch the next episode, so I won't watch it. Like, I'll maybe watch it once on a separate day, but like, I'll, I won't watch it while watching it. But and honestly, I usually skip openings too. But this this opening is very cute. I cannot believe you skip openings. I, what can I say? I'm a Jenny. Busy you, I'm taking away your anime fan card. This is okay. I want to I want to clarify that I have watched all the JoJo openings not while watching the show. I literally just went to a thing and was like, show me all of the JoJo op- openings. Oh, I've watched that video of every JoJo opening like uh, dozens of times. Yeah, because it's I'm a good video. Like, but I'm like, always like, mm, I want to watch like one opening of JoJo, and then I'm like, or I could just watch this 12 minute video of all of them. <laughs> yeah, so unfortunately, I will except say, except for Chase, I always <laughs> this opening is is okay. But I will say one thing that like America, okay, uh, American animation is better at is that they have way shorter openings, which I think is an advantage. I disagree. I think it's more fun when the opening is long. I always I feel s- like American TV shows have too short of an opening, and you can't really like vibe to it. That's what I like about it, though. It's, like, just... Qu- I mean, okay, the American opening for Duel Monsters, which is the, that is the classic... That is American, The American dub, the four kids... Four kids knew how to fucking make an opening. Like, how for everything else. We gotta, we gotta look up how long that is. I, I, I think, think it's, it's a minute. Shorter. I think it's a minute, I'm pretty sure. But four kids could, could kill an opening. They knew that they had struck gold. Holy shit, the okay. So they just kept it the entire time instead of change. They just changed the visuals and kept the song. Okay, just realized changing. it's actually a full minute and thirty seconds, but it slaps so hard that even you, the opening hater, even though it's way longer than I normally like them, I still think it's great. Yeah, because it's great. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean the the Pokemon theme song slaps. Um, most of the Pokemon openings are good, and they actually change the Pokemon opening every season. But what do you what do you think about this one, the season zero one? Um, my personal opinion is good, but not great. I like it. I think it's really cute. It's um, really cute, but it's fun. I like the visuals. Uh, it's pretty catchy. I like it. I like the part where they say "fly at higher game" because it doesn't make any sense in English, <laughs> and I find it endearing. Um, and the the um. 
I like the, you know, the meaning of the lyrics. Some of the animation is, is cute. Um, I do think it's better than most. The I don't really like a lot of the Duel Monsters Japanese openings. Like, they're all very forgettable to me. Literally, the only one I can think of is the four kids one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I've definitely gone through and watched them before, but mm-hmm. there's just so little to them. <laughs> I'm sure once we actually start watching it, though, instead of, like, me just having watched videos of the opening on YouTube now and then, I'll develop mm-hmm. more um, specific opinions on the <laughs> on the openings as we go along, because I think I'm going to be mostly watching the sub. <laughs> But yeah, and yeah, the ending is, this is one of those animes where they were like, we want to make the ending like as little animation as possible, so uh, we're just going to put um, the faces of characters on Duel Monsters cards and like animate that in CGI. Good, so I'm not missing much is what I'm hearing. So what I'm hearing is I'm not missing anything and I shouldn't feel guilty. Understood. Yeah, uh uh-huh. Well, I mean, the song is kind of cute. It's it's weird. It's like a romance song. I I guess I'll look. I mean, they do that for a lot of like shonen and non-romantic stuff. They just like do a a slap on like a very romantic Mm -hmm. sounding song which is another reason why I usually don't vibe with endings because it's like my biggest problem with openings and endings nine times out of ten and this is why the Jojo openings are actually pretty good is that the problem is it it like won't always match the tone of the episode and so it'll just like throw Mm -hmm. me off if I listen to it the thing is especially with Stardust Crusaders the opening always matches the tone of the episode because the tone of the episode is someone's gonna get the shit beat shit shit beat out (laughs) the shit beat shit out of them Get the beat shit out of them. <laughs> Literally, actually, honestly, in JoJo, that would happen. Yeah, so it's like I, it's like I know I'm getting hyped for the episode because because JoJo's row is literally gonna punch somebody so hard that they die, and I can't wait for that. Wait, I sorry, we're, we've gone full tangent now. The best. We're so off topic. It's fine. It doesn't matter. The best anime opening that I did watch every time. Okay, all right. I'm going to judge you hard based on whatever you say just it's now. It's Soul so Eater. Is, Soul Eater has okay, two openings. Okay, that's valid. That's valid. Both, especially the first one, is so fucking good. Yeah, that's true. For the first Soul Eater opening is amazing. The second one is also pretty good. I have a horrible English version of it on my phone that I like downloaded illegally when I was like 13. I would listen to nonstop. Love that for you. Yeah, the first one is amazing. I mean, actually, we all know the actual best anime opening, which is the Naruto <laughs> German, German Naruto opening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to look up other countries openings of Yu-Gi-Oh! I want to know oh, yeah. if like other there are other dubs that did like other songs. Play me out loud if you find any funny ones. Yeah I, I mean I don't know. Um, okay this is the tangent that we're on now. I'm gonna type in Yu-Gi-Oh! opening. While you do that I will say Naruto is another example where the, the quality varied widely. Naruto has some of my favorite. We are fighting dreamers. That one is actually like, eh. the, my favorite is the first Shippuden one, which is Hero's Comeback. Yeah, that's pretty. That dope. one slaps. Uh, Bluebird is always a, a classic as well. Yeah, I was literally just watching a playlist of all the Naruto, Naruto openings. openings earlier. Basically, the more depressed Sasuke looks, the better the opening is. That's what I found. <laughs> That's so real. Okay, I'm listening to the um the Spanish the Latin Spanish dub opening of Yu-Gi-Oh right now. Oh, it's literally just the it's just the four kids opening, but like they just dub like it's time to duel. It's like it's hora de 
duo. Like, they just put that <laughs> okay, in well, Spanish. Okay, well, that's good, though. It's hora de duo. What is it in Spanish? Or, I don't know. I mean, or I let can't me, really... Let me Google translate. It's kind of dual in different languages. I will tell you, I did find, um, e, I found the Greek dub of Yu-Gi-Oh! at one point, and they do not uh, dub the opening. It is the four kids opening. Cause well, let's Greek, look at what uh, the Greek version of It's Time to Duel. What is It's Time to Duel in Greek? Let's I'm see. not sure, actually, off the top of my head. Oh, fuck, I forgot I can't read Greek script, so this is incomprehensible to me. <laughs> well, if you send it to me, I'll read it. I think it would okay. be, I think it would be Tiora, um than the verb for dual, but I don't know what the verb for dual is. Wait, this might be a way to do it because I feel like we can go like eno keros. I'm so, I know I'm saying this horribly. I think monomahise is the verb. That's literally, yeah, ine keros is, that's literally, it is time to duel. I'm so not what you're sure saying that's is how you would the equivalent, say it the Greek equivalent is literally eno keros no mono machis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, it's too long. It doesn't fit. Like, you can't fit that in the lip flaps. So I wonder if they just say, like, eno keros na duel. Like, they might just use the, oh, the yeah, English, English word. Oh, yeah, English one. Okay. Well, yeah, like... The, the idea of going mo is so funny, though. That's such a disappointment. <laughs> it would be. I will say that um in the heart... I, I did figure out that um heart of the cards in Greek is... um. Cardia ton carton. So it almost sounds, they sound very, the words for card and heart sound very similar. I like so that like, a lot. Kind of I like fun. that a lot. Mm-hmm. And also, like, Kaiba's Greek dub voice is, like, very, like, I don't know, weirdly sexy. <laughs> like, <laughs> that that's fair. He it. definitely come. he definitely, um has the vibe of like a character that people are like, oh, we need the sexy guy from our voice dub cast. And I feel like for a lot of countries, they probably only have like five or six. There are only five sexy people. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, we got to choose one of those five or sexy. Four five kids six looking sexy. at their roster. Like, all right, which one, <laughs> which four kids voice actor is the sexy one, Jenny? <laughs> Unfortunate. I know that Seto is voiced by Eric Stewart in four dub. Four kids, four dubs, whatever. But I don't know if I. We're totally. This has been such a tangent. I don't know how much of that I'm going to keep. <laughs> uh, keep it for our personal use if you don't keep it for the podcast. But either way, that was the end of episode two. We'll be back with episode three. Very excited. Pretty excited. Now, next time we're coming back with episode three, we're going to meet um, my son, my boy. His hair is green in this one. Seto Kaiba. My, favorite, my personal favorite character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, my anime husband. You love him. You hate him. He's there. <laughs> you love him. All right. Mostly I just love him. I don't know. Maybe you hate him. <laughs> oh, I, I love to hate him. And I also love him. I have already watched the episode in preparation. And I'm going to have some hot takes. I'll tell you that much. Oh, so. I am ready for that. All right. Well, I think that's about the end of it. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to sign off. So, uh, yeah. Thanks for tuning in. Do we have like a cool sign off? Not yet. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) until we come up with a cool sign off, (laughs) I'll see you later. See ya. (laughs) See you later, duelists. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Battle City Broads. If you have any comments, you can contact us at battle city broad on twitter without the s or by emailing us at battlecitybroads at gmail.com 